Welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot. Uh, Kyle Gilmore here. I am joined with the the man, the myth, the legend, Bill Montoya. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to be back. It's been a little bit since I've been on again. Um, there's a little bit of traveling and some things, but I am absolutely excited to be back on here and chat with Bill a little bit. Hey, we missed you. <sighs> I know. Um, I know the big thing. One big thing we got to talk about is our final standings for the pickums. Yeah, I, I, uh, let me pull that up real quick. I know I was very surprised with the finish. I had accepted my fate as the bottom of the group. Of course, <laughs> I had it up and then I closed out. But in the meantime, you want to invite them for questions and all that fun stuff? Absolutely. Um, so I, we, I know you've heard it before, but anybody listening in, uh, we would really love to hear any questions or feedback about any of our episodes or anything we're talking about on the current one. Um, and then also just post us some comments and questions and we'll put them on the next episode. Uh, we, we love the fan feedback. We love to interact. So please give us your, your time and your questions. Perfect. So the final standings were... Uh, Raf took it by percentage points, but I always give him a hard time and say it shouldn't really count because he didn't start until week four, which <laughs> that's when you start to figure out what teams actually are. So I gave him a air quote championship, but Raf picked at 65.47%, and then I was in second at 64.58, and then Kyle was in third at 631 and then John was last at 61.57%. So uh, win totals, you and I were the only ones that did every pick. And it sounds like a huge gap by a whole percentage and a half. <laughs> but really, it was only four games different. So yeah. over the course of, you know, however many that picks that is, 260-something picks, somewhere in there, 270. Um, for, to only be four apart, that's, that's pretty pretty dang close especially right there at the end and it was a crazy season there was some oddball games for sure oh yeah last week the very final week of the season was was rough <laughs> i think See, I it, was, it was good for me yeah <laughs> it, it was goodness. tough to pick because you had all those teams that obviously didn't need to win uh wow. so half the teams basically didn't play that final week because they didn't need to and then there was quite a few upsets like Miami over New England and and so on and so Jacksonville. forth. Jacksonville, yeah, Jacksonville over Indy. That was a crazy one, but no, it was a it was a fun little thing. I think next year I want to do against the spread. Makes it a little more interesting. So I think we'll do that next year. And I think Raf said he wants to be in it again. So maybe he'll start at the beginning and then he can be a part of the uh, reward punishment, which we still haven't Absolutely. come up with. Um, I still like my idea for John of wearing the Raiders jersey, saying Charles Woodson always has and always will be a Raider. That is a low blow, man. Low my buddy Lincoln, blow. he was on the last one. He's also a Packers fan. He was like, well, I mean, yeah, that's a good punishment, but Charles did get a ring with the Packers. And I was like, hey. Oof. Oof. You know? Oh, man. He was he saved it and set it back. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I know he had to leave to get his ring, but he's always the, the Raiders goat at cornerback. So. Oh, I'll always see him in, in silver and black. 
Okay, so with with the standings covered, obviously, congrats to Raf. Um, we'll we'll see what we what we have for John when we come to a, a final consensus there. But I think I like that pick. But obviously, there's some logistics of shipping a jersey to him. <laughs> And and having him do that, so maybe we'll come up with something else. But as always, if you guys have any ideas, please get them in, and we'll we'll definitely consider those. So, um, you want to go with Steelers stuff first? Or you want me to go with the Raiders? Uh, let's go ahead and do your Raiders stuff because I'm very very interested. Okay. So, as I alluded to on the last one, we had just got the news that the Raiders had moved on from Mike Mayock, uh, the general manager of the past three seasons. Uh, obviously, his wagon was kind of hitched to uh, John Gruden because that's who brought him on board with the Raiders. Uh, and obviously, he was going to live and die with with how they did. Um, I always thought that he would be gone before Gruden because obviously Gruden could use that to to separate himself from some of the some of the bad misses in the draft. Uh, but obviously, Gruden resigned earlier this season. Um, the idea was always if they make the playoffs that they're probably going to keep the coaching staff around and Mayock, but obviously they made the playoffs, had a pretty good showing in the playoffs against the Bengals. Uh, but ultimately they decided to let go of Mike Mayock. Um, honestly, I, I would have loved to see him back for one more season to show what he can actually do with full control of the roster. Uh, obviously that would kind of, be hinged on the coach because if they bring in a, a Harbaugh or someone like that, uh, he's probably going to have final say, not the GM. So um, it's it's tough to say how how good of a job Mike Mayock did because ultimately Gruden had final say on on everything roster related. Um, so it it's tough. I I love Mike Mayock. I wouldn't. Like, or I would like to see him back on TV or, or get another chance somewhere else as a GM because I think that's his that's probably his dream job. And a lot of people have, have said on Twitter and, and elsewhere that him actually doing the job and, and the picks that he had kind of devalue his opinion on draft picks because he did so bad. But again, I think Obviously, if you're gonna if you're gonna praise him, you get you have to praise Gruden as well for for any draft picks because I think it was very much Gruden had final say, but I'm sure Mayock had some input on each of the prospects as well, and he's oh. basically he's basically admitted to the Leatherwood pick and the uh, Damon Arnett pick were both his, and those were both atrocious picks at the spots that they got selected. So. Um, Again, I, I still think he, he did enough with his signings this offseason with trading for Perryman and uh, drafting Hobbs and I, I don't know. There's there's many other signings and, and draft picks that they did hit on in the later rounds. But uh, it's, it's fair criticism to say that, you know, he definitely missed on some picks as well. So I know you have a, a soft spot for Mayock, so I'm interested in your opinion if you thought he should have stuck around for a season. or. Um, I think for the sake of just seeing what he could do without having that ball and chain of Gruden, and I agree with you. It was a, you know, takes two to tango kind of situation, but anybody who's listened, like you said, knows how big of a fan I am of Mike Mayock. There is no one 
in my opinion, that is able to analyze and break down players the way he has in years past throughout the draft. The yep. man is just, I mean, he's rain man when it comes to breaking down a draft class. Um, so I get that, yes, they're both tied to everything, but if I had been the owner, I would for sure want to give him at least one season free of that. Um, and I think he would have learned a lot too. Whoever the new coach is, I'm sure they would have a better relationship than him and Gruden have. Yeah. Um, with that being said, though, part of this makes me very, very excited because I'm such a big Mike Mayock fan. Um, Kevin Colbert is actually retiring this season, um, which I absolutely love him. He's done amazing in Pittsburgh, but uh, you know he's he's walking away. So. I wish him the best, but with that being an opening at GM, I would absolutely love for Mike Mayock to come in. Um, we already have a very solid core. Obviously, we need to retool the line a little bit or a lot of it, but um, I think those are pieces that he could work with very well, and I think he would work very well with Tomlin. Yeah. Um, I feel I already know they have a huge respect for each other. Um, but having those two in the same building, I think would be insane. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's right now it's a pipe dream for me. I have no idea, you know, if that's even something that could materialize, it's way too early to know. Well, and they could have someone they might promote right. from within with, exactly. with as far back as those roots go. In that the the second I saw that they let him go, I mean, I was like, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I hope I hope so. But. And I wonder if he might get a, another shot as an assistant GM, possibly for a couple of years before he takes another role. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like he'll be in demand for TV, and TV typically pays well and has better hours and all that fun stuff. He may go back to doing his draft day. I mean, so it, it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I, I hope nothing for the or no, nothing but the best for him. He was obviously a, a very intense guy for the Raiders. Uh, having to put up with Gruden, I'm sure he he earned his money there. Um, and that's the thing is he always took the – he always fell on the blade for Gruden for all those traits that, that Gruden made him swing essentially for Antonio Brown and yeah. Tyrell Williams and, you know, plenty of free agent acquisitions that Mayock didn't want that, you know, they publicly butted heads on. Um, and it, it just – Unfortunate situation, but I think the one bad thing I see about Mayock leaving is they're probably not going to stick with Basaccia, if I had to guess. And obviously, we talked halfway through that uh, five of three or five of six losing streak that I said I don't think Basaccia is going to make it as a as a coach in the NFL. Uh, but honestly, like the second half of the season, he was definitely growing as a coach. You could see that. And you hear all his former players, even on this roster, say, Max Crosby, you got Derek Carr, you got all your star players that you want to keep around, say, we would do anything for Coach Passaccia. Not only is he a great coach, but he's also a great human. He he cares about us. He, he coaches the man, but he also coaches the player. So, did you uh, did you happen to see that article about him after the game? Um, Probably. I just, go I on. just seen it earlier. I thought this was such a cool story. Um, but after the loss, and obviously how heartbreaking that was. Obviously, there's some dilemma on some things, but um, some controversy. But he sat in his hotel room and handwritten a letter to every single player on the roster. Yep. 
And I know maybe to some people that doesn't seem crazy, but at that level where, you know, football is a business, that's a side of it that is not required of a coach. It's I mean, sure. that's the person coming through for sure. And I just thought that was so cool and so impressive, especially for everything they've gone through. Yeah. And how much they respect him. I mean, it was just it was a really cool feel good story. It's something funny, you want to see. Funny thing about that is his daughter was the one that took that picture because she was obviously come to the hotel to see him. Uh, they were at the game and all that fun stuff. So she took the picture and posted it to her personal Facebook. And I guess it just circulated around. And he said, yeah, I had a nice talk with my, with my daughter. I love her. And she, she just loves me and, and wanted that to get out. But I, I had a little conversation with, uh, with her about putting that kind of stuff on social media. Even that though says so much about like, he's not know. doing it for attention. He I does mean, not. That's the, that's the thing I love about that guy is, Every every time someone tries to praise him, he's like, "Hey, this has got almost nothing to do with me. I'm just here to, you know, coach coach up the man, coach up the player." Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, those guys have to go out there and execute. And if they don't, then you guys aren't praising me. So any of that fella. stuff goes to my players. So he, he's yeah, super classy. Like I said, I would I would love for him to stick around. And if they aren't so sure on, you know, we want to keep him for long term, that's fine. Like, give him a year to prove himself, to, to prove this wasn't an aberration. Like, Absolutely. let him have a chance to control the team and, and bring back those players. And I think I always talk about Buzzing with the Boys because it's one of my favorite podcasts, but it's got Will Compton and then Taylor Lewan. And Will just, in fact, you guys need to listen to, you especially, Kyle. He had uh, Alec Ingold on today, or I guess it was probably yesterday they recorded it, but uh, just talking about C Coach Bisaccia and and the Raiders organization, how th everything's going there. Obviously, Alec Engel got hurt uh, with the torn ACL, so he missed the at least the second half of the season. Uh, huge. He's like probably the number one fullback in the league if you look at what he can do in terms of catching, blocking, jumping over he's players. He, he's a stud. So, uh, but yeah, no. To a man, every person on that team says they they will go through a wall for Bisacci and that's very rare for a coach. Uh, so I don't know. I'd love to have him back there. There's quite a few guys out there that are potential candidates for the Raiders. Um, I have a couple favorites. Todd Bowles comes to mind. Uh, Brian Dabble of the Bills offensive coordinator. And then obviously you've got Jim Harbaugh potentially. I, I like him. I, I think he's probably in that three to four range of my top candidates. Uh, he's a proven winner at the NFL level. Obviously, he's been to Super Bowls, consecutive NFC championships with San Francisco. So we know he can coach. We know he can get results. Uh, but I also look at those questionable decisions of moving on from Alex Smith for, for Kaepernick. Obviously, there was a nice flash in the pan there. But um, ultimately, I, I really like Jim Harbaugh, but I think I would rather have Bowles or Dabble, one of those Definitely. two. And then from there on. So uh, Mo Moten put out a list and, and put the, you know, best available candidates and he does great work with the Raiders. So that's a, a list that I think you should probably take a look at as well, but we'll move on from the Raiders. Like I said, I think Versace is probably a top three candidate and that's going to be, he actually interviewed today. So We'll see what happens with that, but how, what do you got on your, your Steelers other than your GM retiring? Um, well, I mean, I guess just as far as the overall 
look at them. Um, I'm pretty happy with the season, honestly. They were written off right from the get-go. Um, was it, you know, fairy tale ending for Ben? No, but it was a good ending for Ben. He got to go out on his terms. One more playoff run. I mean, the excitement at the end of the season. We talked about the Jags beating Indy. Um, how close the game was with Baltimore. The fact that we got to knock Baltimore out and get in the playoffs. I mean, it's and then the the Chargers Raiders game ending the way it did. Um, I mean, it's You're been welcome. a pretty crazy ride. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's been a pretty crazy ride this season. So, all in all, um, I'm super thrilled with how the season went. It was frustrating at times, but like I said, I'm thrilled that Big Ben got to have one more ride. Our rookies, um, you know, obviously, especially Fryermuth and um, Najee were amazing. I'm so excited to watch those careers progress. Um, I think we have a good thing to build on. Hearing Tomlin talk about the quarterback future um, is also something that is I'm very optimistic about. Um, he didn't come right out and say it, but basically he alluded to the fact that the Steelers won't be trading for a quarterback. They will be looking at free agency in the draft. So. As far as what that means for the big names that are out there, it just depends on how that all works out. If it's, you know what I mean? I mean, basically they're saying they're not going to sell the farm to go get a veteran quarterback and trade for him. So posturing, that's absolutely what they're going to do. Exactly. <laughs> it's actually funny you say that because I did have this conversation uh, with my brother-in-law this week, but the, it's one thing to say it now, but we'll see what happens when a big name pops up and is available. A lot of things can change very quickly, but um, I really do hope that they do get somebody young as well, regardless of what else they do. I wouldn't mind if we're not able to get one, then yes, obviously a higher draft pick on a quarterback, but um, I'd still like even a middle round quarterback seeing what's depending on what's available, obviously, but um I don't think that Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph are the future. I don't even think that they're a serviceable stopgap. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people that, I mean, even Tomlin's high on Haskins, but I think the skills there, I just don't think he's fully developed as an NFL quarterback. Um, he's still mature enough. Right. And that's what I mean is I just don't think, especially in a place like Pittsburgh, um, it's why Big Ben was so loved. He fit the town. He fit the city. Um, he was that hard-nosed, you know, tough as steel, so to speak, player. And there's that's the reason he was able to lead that team. And I just don't see either of those guys coming in and doing that. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, obviously, that's where we're at. We're moving on. I think we ended with the 20th pick in the draft. Um Old Kenny Pickett might be there at 20. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Far too early to even wonder if that's going to be there. Um, at the end of the day, even if we come back with the same team and have whoever at quarterback, I just hope we work on that line a lot. One thing I forgot to mention um, in our head coaching search, there's been several rumors that the Raiders are interested in trading for a head coach and – um, Las Vegas actually just updated their odds to Mike Tomlin as the number two most likely to be the next head coach of the Raiders. So Only you might have a couple extra picks <laughs> to get that quarterback with. I will be blown away if that's even entertained. 
See, and I think you're a much more reasonable Pittsburgh fan because I feel like the majority, at least the ones that I've been seeing on, on Twitter and whatnot. Oh, they're calling for his head. Yeah, they want him fired. So if they could trade him and get some picks out of him, I think they would be all all for that. So I think there's a big part of the fan base that would do it in a heartbeat. But oh, I sure. also think that the ownership and everyone was on board with Big Ben's last ride. So I don't think this season will have any reflection whatsoever on whether or not Tomlin is the coach of the future. I think yeah. that's already – I mean, I don't think that's even in question. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a crazy world. You never know. I mean, these these crazy trades do happen once in a while. I just I have a very hard time believing that that's going to happen. And to your point, though, I just I've made the comment before on this podcast. I've never seen a group of fans that are so upset about Winning. someone excelling the way that he has. Yeah. over his entire career. He's never had a losing season. Yeah. He got two Super Bowls with the man. I, I mean, for the majority of those seasons, you were a contender. Um, the, the, the amount of players they've been able to bring in, I mean, I could go on for days, but I just, it's crazy to me what people, and it's part of it is because they've done so well. Yeah. I mean, if even if you look at some, you know, like hockey at the same time, like Pittsburgh, I mean, they did what Tampa Bay did. They won both in the same year. Um, they're so used to winning that having an above 500 season and making the playoffs or, you know, thing, even even not making it to an AFC championship is reason to just lose their mind. And it's just, it's very weird for me. I just, I don't know. The man is so good. And if you guys are able to trade and get him, it's our loss. That's all I have to say. No, for sure. And the funny thing is, like, obviously you at that point you're not going to hope your team doesn't do well. But at the same time, you almost want them to, to, to lose the next season or something. <laughs> to be like, now you see what we have compared oh, to what we did have. Every time oh, I hear it, I can feel just my blood boiling. I'm like, oh, That's on. like Pats fans. I have – I know. I don't know any Pats fans other than my brother-in-law. And he, he seems – pretty reasonable for the most part but like there's pats fans that have grown up their whole life never seeing them lose so like watching them get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs they're like this is the worst it's like no no you could be a raiders fan and, and tell me that having you guys last, do it one time <laughs> yeah having the last 20 years of winning records and and super bowls and all that stuff yeah you i would happily take that over right. what we've had the last 30 years so no, I mean, that's <laughs> spoiled people. Exactly. Uh, as far as the Steelers, the only other thing I really have to say is I'm a broken record on this, but TJ Watt is the defensive player of the year. Yeah. So I, 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 I have I've seen arguments. I saw, I saw an article that was trying to say Miles Garrett deserved it more than he did. Miles and, Garrett didn't even break the record. They, they, it was it, it was all PFF. I mean, that's all they're doing, and it's. I so mean, if you're going by PFF, you got to go with Max Crosby. Technically, yeah. So, and I don't. I'm not for a second going to say that he's the defense player of the year. But th- if you're going by thought, PFF, that's who it is. Oh, I get so frustrated by it. It just doesn't make any. No, sense I think me, tying a, a historic record like that in in less games is probably he should have. 
taken it. I still yeah. think the call on that fumble should have been a sack. Yeah. Because if you look at Strahan's last sack, I believe it was on the old Brett Fabry. I can't remember, but yeah. He laid down. It was a bag. He laid down yeah. and he touched him. Yep. And then when they took that one away, I was like, no way. You got to yeah. be kidding me. But well, tying it's still cool. I, I was getting ready to text you because I was like, someone needs to tell why he didn't break it because they had him out of like the next no. two defensive series. I do think that they thought he had it. Yeah. I, I do think, which sucks because, you know, I mean, he's good enough. He maybe could have got it had he been in a few more couple plays. more plays, yeah. So he's yeah, also no, the kind of player, you know, there's more important things than the record, but. Well, I'm that, sure but he also point. had it in less games. So at the end of the day, I would say he probably has the record because he did it in less time. So, yeah, pretty impressive. But yeah, no, I think any argument about player of the year, I mean, it seems like it's always between Aaron Donald and him. And then obviously you can add Miles Garrett in there, but I don't think he has as strong of a case as Watt. So I think he should win it. Um, who do you have for offensive player of the year? Oh, man. It's got to be Cooper. Um, well, that's on the NFC side, right? Or they do it for the whole league? I think it's for the whole league. Yeah. Um, I'm, Cup, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's Cooper Cup, and if not, oh, man, I don't know. If you're going the quarterback route, it gets a little more complicated. Well, they usually go offensive player of the year to a skill player since, you know, MVPs. Yeah. Well, true, true. Quarterback. I do think it's going to be Cooper, though. He's yeah. No, that's a good, good choice. But the one cool thing, I love the stat on it. It's crazy that both of those seasons, him and Calvin Johnson, were with Matthew Stafford under center. I think it says a lot about the man. Um, I don't know if he's MVP, but he's a hell of a player. I'm excited for him, but we'll get to that here in a little bit. It says he's not afraid to throw into double coverage. <laughs> well, when you got – I understand it when it's Calvin Johnson, but – yeah. Um, Cooper Cup's not as uh, physically dominating. He's no, just—he doesn't have the twenty-two foot uh, arm span that Calvin Johnson yeah. has. Uh, yeah, he did. He does it different, but those—he's one of the best route runners, I think, probably in NFL history. The, like, he's a surgeon out there. The only way I can describe Cooper Cup is—and I don't mean this as an insult, because I also think this player was very good—but Cooper Cup is what everyone thought Julian Edelman was. Yeah. And consistently, and will be consistently this good. Um, I just, he's so much fun to watch. So I would say him for sure. Hunter Renfro is about to show Cooper Cup what it is. I will say that that boy threw out, a, I mean, he had a hell of a good season. He is I, at least top five slot receiver, maybe yeah. top three. I don't know. He's some of the things he started doing, especially later in the season, he really came into his own. And yeah, he's making his own routes, and they're just yeah putting putting those so, cornerbacks in the blender. But. I can't remember which game it was, but he made like I'm not even kidding. I think it was like five different cuts before his. Route that was the Charger game, yeah, and, and then caught it for touchdown. He broke his ankles in like three different directions. Yeah, and I'm like that poor guy. <laughs> Well, and the sad thing is he has, like, five moves to go off of that one little oh, – yeah. I don't even know what they call that route, but – He's very good he's at good. changing it up, too. He's, And I think that's what a lot of people get into is they pull the same moves. I don't know. It's very impressive. 
Yeah, I love Hunter Renfro. I, I hope they extend him among others, to. but they'd be really dumb if they didn't. So, um, anything else you had about Steelers before we move on? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just please get me a line. That's all I'm asking. Najee deserves it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does. And that's the same thing with the Raiders. I mean, I guess I didn't really do a whole recap of their season, but at the end of the day, I think ending 10 and 7, the way that the season unfolded with uh, Gruden resigning, and obviously you had Ruggs. Um, among other things, I mean, you had plenty of injuries with Waller, Ingold. I mean, it, it was just tough sledding from the middle of the season on. And I, I love the fact that Basachi was able to turn that around and obviously making it into the playoffs. It, it felt like we were playing with house money. Uh, would have loved to go further on, but at the end of the day, you've you've got a, a playoff berth for the first time in, in five years. And for once in an off season, it seems like you got some positive momentum to look forward to. So we'll see what they do with, uh, with the head coach search and, and GM. Sounds like they're already zeroing in on uh, guy's last name is Dodd. I think he's probably going to be the GM, and then we'll see what they do with with the head coach. You feel like if you're going to hire a GM, you probably want them involved in the head coaching. Oh, sure. so hopefully, we'll we'll have some news on that by the end of this week, and then get moving on the on the head coach. So, um, <laughs> leading into that, obviously, I, I'm happy with the playoff berth, but there were Definitely some officiating things going on in that game that were very frustrating. Uh, I felt for you, man. I was like, I'm not even kidding. I got to watch a pretty good chunk of that game, even though I was out of town. And I'm not even kidding, dude. My my heart was hurting for you. And yeah. Just... And honestly, like I don't, I don't ever blame the thing on the officials because at the end of the day, they have a job to do. Oh, yeah. They're not going to do it 100 percent of the time. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and honestly, we should have won that game by several points. But, yeah. you know, the, the red zone struggles crept up again, and, and they've been there all season, uh, kicking field goals every time you get anywhere close and not scoring touchdowns. Yeah. Defense gives you the, the ball in a good position, and, and you can't capitalize on it. So it's just, like I said, officiating, sure, if, if they had replayed that, or not blown that whistle, maybe Merrick breaks up that play because he definitely yeah. let up when when they were catching that touchdown in the end zone. Um, definitely should have replayed the, the down, but who knows exactly. the way that their defense is in the red zone. They're probably going to score on the next play anyway, but maybe they hold them to three there, and then, um, then at the end of the game, they're just looking for a field goal, and we know Daniel Carlson can, can hit from 60, 60 yards, so... Well, it's, it's definitely a different game, and I'm I'm with you on that. I never want to just throw it on the zebras, but it a it's a playoff game, so it's very frustrating to have anything questionable. Um, the other thing is just that it was well within their power to get it right. Yeah, even after the whistle and the play, I mean, there was still a path forward that was correct. And yes, they didn't take it, and that's where. Regardless of outcome, I don't even want to take anything away from Cincinnati. They have a hell of a team. Awesome year for them. But that's not how a playoff game should ever be decided. No. And so. that's that's where I 
I'm on the edge of frustration and well, if we had done our part, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. So right. I just, and you know, it's not just the Raiders game that was awful. You had that Dallas game that man, they were throwing a, a flag on every other play. And then obviously at the end, no one was there to spot the ball. And I don't know. I don't know if you watched the last one with Lincoln on, he said the ref was, was running in from El Paso. <laughs> He about tackled Dak, dude. I mean, like, I just can't even. But the to your point, though, I mean, you are not wrong. Um, I saw Tony Dungy put out a statement about it, and he was right. I mean, he said, yes, that is super unfortunate. They should have been able to run that play. But then he also broke down the rest of the game, much to yeah. your point. Had you guys taken care of business on those opportunities you had in the first half, it wouldn't have mattered. Um and the same with this game had they executed on these other levels and, you know, it's true. And that leave it to Tony Dungy to be the voice of reason on some things, but um, it just, it just leaves a sour taste for the fandom, which sucks Yeah. because, you know, I don't, well, I don't think that that one play for Dallas would have changed the outcome. I don't No, It's very unlikely. I mean, we've seen several, you know, Hail Marys and, this wasn't going to be quite a Hail Mary because they would have been at the 30 or so, I right. think. So Dak, that's definitely with his arm range to, to have a nice throw there and, and hit someone on an actual route rather than just throwing it up and hoping someone comes down with it. But with all those cornerbacks there, in the, they'd probably be setting up right at the goal line and trying to yeah. keep everything in front of them. And three-man rush, there, there's a really good chance that that's not going to be a play that, that goes for a touchdown. So you can't leave your hopes on just that Hail Mary of a play, essentially. Um, exactly. Especially when you had all those opportunities throughout the entire game. But, no, I think officiating has definitely gotten worse. And the thing that angers me the most, I think, is they have the technology replay supposed to help them get these things right, but they still get things wrong even after going to replay. Well, and that's the thing is their argument was that it's not reviewable for your game. Um, but we, this, the thing that's the most annoying is next season, this won't happen. It's it's no different than the Calvin Johnson catch in years past, or I believe Des Bryant did the same thing a couple weeks later. Um, it's not going to be an issue moving forward, but that doesn't help you guys yeah. this season. You know, it, it's very frustrating. And that's, I think the the most frustrating thing is they called him out, so the, the play should have ended there. And then if they say, okay, well, he wasn't out, well, then let's replay the down. That's fine. But you can't have it both ways where you essentially go to, I think they went to the, because for the playoffs, they have those extra officials in the booth and said, no, he wasn't out. So then they went, oh, well. Uh, it was, we didn't blow it until after he'd already caught it, but you could see everyone down the field let up because they heard the wh the whistle. So exactly, it's just like, you can't have it both ways. And unfortunately it obviously went against my team, but like I said, I don't feel like that was the difference in the game. It definitely should not have been the difference in the game. So, um, it's frustrating. Like I said, I'm, I'm happy as a Raiders fan because we haven't been there in so long and, like you said, we have some momentum building into this offseason. It doesn't feel like we're going to tear everything down. Even if we go with the new head coach, all we really need to do is add another wide receiver to replace Ruggs. Obviously, we're, we were missing him throughout the season uh, and work on that offensive line. And outside of that, I really don't see a, a ton of holes in our roster. So I think no. 
defense is good enough. Um, obviously, if you can add some some secondary, that wouldn't help. Our off or our defensive line was was actually quite good for for the players that were on there. So, I just I'm actually looking forward to this offseason to see what moves we can make. And and it doesn't like I said, it doesn't feel like a full rebuild needs to happen, which. I can't ever say after a season. So no, you, you guys definitely seem more like you're poised to make some moves to bring in pieces as opposed to, you know, a full salvage job, which is what you're used to most seasons. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty exciting. You guys have had some really, really fun, exciting games to watch this season. So, I mean, for the Raider fan base, that's, it was a good year. It really was. And that's why I would love to see like a, a Brian dabble because he could bring in his offensive system. Um, and then if you have a head coach that's an offensive mind, you don't have to worry about your your scheme changing if a, if your coordinator gets a job offer. It's as long as they're doing well, that's going to be the system, and you're not going to have to worry about it. Where if you go with a defensive mind, which, like I said, Todd Bowles, I would love to have him on there. I saw him in, in Arizona. Obviously, he didn't do well with the Jets, but no one's going to do well with the Jets until they figure out their ownership and, and their power structure and all that fun stuff. Uh, but then, obviously, you see him on Tampa Bay now, what he's doing with that defense. And, sure, they have some great pieces in Levante David and and others. I mean, I won't go on every single piece, but they have some pieces on that Tampa Bay defense, but he always does better than what you expect. And I just love – I love Bulls. Love Dabble. It's hard not to. Yeah. Obviously, like I said, love Basachia. So I think it's going to be one of these off seasons that I haven't had in such a long time where I can actually look forward to it and be excited about it. So, Yeah, I think you're in a good place, which is a good change for you. I'm very yeah. happy for you. So with that, uh, I think now all we have left to talk about is just the divisional round matchups. Uh, I didn't have you. Well, I guess I did have you do a playoff bracket. I don't know if yeah, you want to do that. Uh, I mean, we can. It's already shot. Um, I threw it together as fast as I could. I didn't have very good service where I was at down in Texas. So, yeah. Um, I, I whipped that thing up as fast as I could on a piece of on a notepad. And That's what I did picture. too. But, um, I mean, I, I guess I can just dive into the matchups really because, like yeah, I let's said, do most, that. My, most of my picks are gone. Um, I guess I'll start with Cincinnati and Tennessee. Um, a, I think this is a really cool matchup and could be a very, very exciting game. I hope I'm not disappointed. I think um, you will be. <sighs> um, for a couple of reasons, uh, I'm inclined to go for Tennessee. I would love to see Tennessee do well and take this game. I do not want to see Cincinnati do well. But with that being said, um, it's hard not to be happy for a team like Cincinnati. That drought is unreal. Um, I don't know. They're a good team. They're fun to watch. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> uh, but I'm taking Tennessee, and I hope Tannehill shows up and plays well. Yeah. I think the main thing's going to be Derrick Henry's back. Absolutely. And Josh Jacobs was running all over Cincinnati, which mm – -hmm puzzles me why we didn't stick with the run more. Uh, and I didn't say this, but uh, Greg Olson's already gone, our offensive coordinator, so maybe that had something to do with it. But Josh Jacobs is no Derrick Henry, and our offensive line is no Tennessee offensive line. So I think it's going to be a pretty one-sided matchup. Um, 
I think Derrick Henry's going to run wild, which it's still insane to me that he's already back and and ready to go. But we'll see how he does. But the other thing, Tennessee's defensive line is an absolute strength. They've got Jeffrey Simmons up there, and, and he just wreaks havoc on the interior line. Uh, obviously, the Raiders weren't able to get home against Cincinnati because they kept throwing the ball so quick. But yeah. if Jeffrey Simmons can ge- generate some pressure right up the middle, I think he's going to be a problem for Cincinnati and uh, not going to be able to get those routes as deep as they would like to go. Uh, I think I don't think that Tennessee's defense – at least in the secondary is as good as the Raiders, but I think they probably have someone better, better able to match up with Jamar Chase. He was obviously an issue with the Raiders uh, just because they don't have anyone that's got size and speed. They have one or the other. So (laughs) they had a a difficult time matching up against him. So I think they'll be able to, to better match up against that Usama tight end that ate up the Raiders. So I really just see that not a not a good way for Cincinnati to win this game, and I think, like I said, I think it's going to be pretty one sided. I would take Tennessee for sure. I, I would agree. I mean, as far as on paper, but the only thing Cincinnati has for them is the splash plays. Yeah, um, they're they're almost more like the Chiefs than the Chiefs were until recently, obviously. But some of the big plays they have are just momentum shifters. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I, I do hope Tennessee wins. Yep. The next one we got, we'll stick with the AFC. This is going to be, I think, the game of the week. Buffalo versus Kansas City. Easily. Um, this, well, I want to say this about two matchups. We'll get okay. to the other one a little bit later. But Buffalo is one of those teams that if they show up and play the way they did last week, I would be terrified to go up against this team. Josh Allen got into his comfort zone and just – destroyed that game um i don't know kc's obviously coming off the win against the steelers they played well um but they weren't invincible in that game there was a lot of things that we did that were very effective against them and it's all things that buffalo is capable of um i think buffalo is going to learn a lot from their matchup last season and you know Hopefully the the sports gods willing, Josh Allen moves to the next round. But I'm definitely taking Buffalo. Um, Singletary coming alive uh, late like this is just adding fuel to the fire. Um, yeah, they're unreal right now. Yeah, no, I I told you going into this, Buffalo's catching heat right at the right time, and you know they they did this offensive strategy that's called. You just score a touchdown every time you get the ball. So why didn't anybody ever think of that before? It's crazy. I mean, they touched the ball I think nine times and scored eight eight touchdowns. Is that right? Against yeah, uh, New England. That sounds I've right. Never, I've never seen a playoff game like this where a team. I've seen dominant playoff games, but there's still like some struggle mixed in yeah. once in a while, and it was just like no, that game was decided by halftime for sure, and. I don't think they'll be able to run away from the Chiefs like that just because the Chiefs have, obviously, a pretty explosive offense as well. Um, but I think the way that the Bills' offense is going right now, it's it's pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. You've got, like you said, Singletary out of the backfield that can run or catch. Uh, and then you have Josh Allen as a run threat. And then, obviously, he can launch the ball 70 yards in the air yeah. <laughs> on the run. Um 
so you have that. You've got all their their offensive weapons, Sanders. You've got Beasley. You've got Stephon Diggs. Like, and then D- Dawson Knox has I was emerged as say, Knox tight end. Is like, Knox so is the guy. <laughs> you've got you've got four solid receivers, and then obviously another option, like I said, is as Singletary coming out of the backfield, and. The Chiefs do not have a great defense. They've got some great pieces on that defense, like Chris Jones and, and Matthew, uh, but they don't have a great defense. So I think – and Bills have number one scoring defense in the league. So I think all things point to Buffalo winning this game. It just scares me because obviously you got Mahomes as the X factor. So I don't think this is going to be a, a blowout by any means, but I think Buffalo should win by three points, maybe seven. Yeah. Just – really going to probably come down to who has the ball last, honestly. So I will say this. I really what, – what seeds were they again? This is Three and K- two. This was in Kansas City, right? Yeah, it's in Kansas City. I was going to say the one thing I wish about this game is that it was in Buffalo. Yeah, for sure. Um, that would slow down that Chiefs offense that, for sure. That's That was my thing that was scary, though. And, and, yes, it's Buffalo. They're used to playing in this kind of weather. But the way they played in that weather – is terrifying. Yep. I would never want to go there and play them. Yeah. The only way that they'll get a home game is if Cincinnati wins and they win this week. So absolutely. Um, no, I, I'm really pulling for Buffalo. Obviously they they were my preseason pick for Super Bowl champs and same Z's bud. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it'll make me look really smart. And obviously I'm, I'm really just cheering for him for Josh Allen. He's, Definitely, we all? he's far and away my my favorite NFL player at this point. So, and obviously, I'm a Raiders fan. So, Alexis is getting me a a Josh Allen jersey for our anniversary. Oh, that's awesome, a uh, Wyoming one or a Bills one? Bills. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. No, I, I I'm with you, dude. I absolutely love the man. Um, I really do look at him as a, and this is no insult to the man. Everybody knows how much I love him, but. I do look at him as a more polished um, Big Ben. He He's the only player I've seen run the way that he does that reminds me of young Big Ben. So, uh, But I do think that he has a higher ceiling, as crazy as that is, because, you know, well, Big Ben's Big all ben famer, never moved but, like that. No, 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 no. But his, his size and how hard right. it is to bring him down. For sure. There's not very many quarterbacks. I mean, elusive is there, but to just be the bruiser that he is – there's only been a handful of quarterbacks that can claim that. So. Yeah, he put a couple, he put a couple uh, cornerbacks on skates, juking and, them out. And late in the game, man, I was like, "Pull this dude!" Yeah, why is he still in there? And he's running up. Uh, yeah, they brought Trubisky in to to kneel it out with like a minute left. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like this game is over. Get him out before he gets hurt. Yeah, but anyway, uh, on the NFC side, we got. Green Bay and San Francisco. This is a rematch from a couple seasons ago. Yep. Where we, Lincoln and I talked about this one because obviously he's a Packers fan and he reminded me of Raheem Mostert putting up, he said 499 yards. <laughs> I think it was actually like 299, but <laughs> might as well have been, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Close enough. Who you got in this one? Um, I want to say Green Bay, but I think out of the four, this is my trap game, if you will. Yeah. Um, 
if, if I think if an upset was to happen, it would be this game. I think San Francisco has a better shot than the others. Um, I mean, aside from, I guess, Buffalo and Kansas City, I think that's a very – The Bills might even be match. that one. I don't know. I don't know. And with the way they played, I wouldn't even be surprised. But um, I think on paper, Green Bay does look like they should win the game. Um, but I'm actually kind of hoping for a San Francisco upset here. Yeah, I can't say that I'm hoping for that because obviously the former Bay Area rival, oh, I've geez. never been a fan of them. But obviously for Raph, I wouldn't mind it. But uh, I think Green Bay should win this one. All the pieces they're getting back, they're starting to get healthy right at the right time. So oh, I, I think it's Hawks back too, isn't he? Yeah, I think even like they've got Badiari and uh, Zadari Smith might be back for this one. I they said he'll probably play limit, limited snaps. And yeah, I think Green Bay should win this one as much as it's scaring a lot of and, Green Bay. Uh, fans. <laughs> yeah. What's, uh, why can't I think of their running back's name? They've got Aaron Jones, right? No. Is it Aaron Jones? I know they have a Jones. I can't remember the other one. I can't remember the other guy's name. He's kind of come on as well. Um, oh, that's going to bug me. I'm going to have to look, look it, it up, up later. Look it up. Um, yeah, no, I think, like you said, I think Green Bay will probably win this one comfortably as much as Raph's going to hate me for saying that. But it's just Green Bay's number one seed for a reason, and I think that's going to give Rodgers some time to heal up that toe. A.J. Dillon. You don't, okay. Uh, just looked at the spreads, by the way. Titans are favored by three and a half right now. Packers are favored by six. Bucks are favored by three, and then the Chiefs no are favored by one and a half. So, yeah, I would huh. take, like you said, I'd take Green Bay with the spread. I'd I take the Titans with the spread. <laughs> I would take Buffalo with the spread. Buffalo with the spread. Obviously, that's only a point and a half. Um, and then, who do you have in the Rams and and Bucks game? Oh, I think you already know, my boy Matthew Stafford. Um, well, then you got nothing but upsets. My God, <laughs> not quite. I didn't. I honestly didn't think they'd be that heavy of a favorite. Um, heavy, but I didn't think Tampa Bay would be the favorite. Honestly, even with the home field, um, this LA Rams team is scary when they're when they're firing on all cylinders. This is the other team I was talking about, like Buffalo. When they're when they're going. This is a scary team to run into. They will put up a lot of points on you very, very fast. Sure, Tampa Bay is capable. It's Tom Brady, whole nine yards. But um, they got uh, Cam Akers back, which I don't know if you saw his first game or if you were able to watch that playoff game. I didn't want to. I mean. I was a snoozer. But it's so crazy that he's back. It was supposed to be season ending. I love that he's back. I felt so bad for him going out beginning of the year. Um, but now you have um, Sony Michelle, him, if Henderson is healthy at any point in these playoffs. That's a scary running back group. And yeah. then you add, obviously, Stafford with that with that receiving core. And as much as I am not an Odell Beckham fan, he has started to come into his own again and make an impact. For sure. Um, they're, they're almost getting back to, like, greatest show on turf type offense here. So yeah. it's it's pretty exciting, and and I got to go with the Rams. They were my other pick beginning of the season. Same. I am the biggest fanboy. I probably the only, you know, 
now quarterback in the league that I like more than him would be Josh Allen. I, yeah. I love Matthew Stafford. He is, I would love for him to somehow end up in Pittsburgh. Um, he's so gritty. He is tough as nails, loves to play for his team. Um, I think they get it done. And Tom Brady goes home early. We'll get him there in the, in his 38, 39, and, and 40 year season. No kidding. He can run that Big Ben offense you guys like so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But no, I, I also had, did we have the same? We had we did. Bill. Bill that, was, that was our fun from the, the beginning of the year, as we both picked them. The only yeah. thing we were off on is we both had uh, Josh Allen for MVP. Well, if he and could I play see- like he was. Right. At the end of the season, throughout the whole thing, yeah. Well, and beginning then, and the end. But and had that we also had Coach of the Year there also. So We had who? We had Bills for Coach of the Year. Um, yep, McDermott. My, my McDermott, thank you. Yep. Um, we actually had a lot of very similar picks, which is yeah. interesting. <laughs> Great minds. But, All right, no, so I, I got to ask you that. I got to ask you this. We're a little ahead of ourselves, but if – the teams that we think are going to win, because we basically agree with all four. Um, who do you got in the Super Bowl then? Are you still sticking with Buffalo and Rams? No, I went. So obviously preseason, I went Bills, Rams um, for the Super Bowl or for the for my playoff bracket. I went uh, Bills and Packers. So. Oh, I didn't see that actually. Be a three and a one. So. I'm sticking with it, buddy. Yeah, no, I didn't want to go off of it, but like I said, Packers are getting healthy right at the right time. Obviously, the the Rams are playing well right now too, but you had Stafford have a couple of those just puzzling games late in the season. So that kind of scared me away from the Rams pick. Um, Obviously, they destroyed the Cardinals, but I don't think that's the best thing to judge off of because the Cardinals were just – Scuffling I think there was a lot of hype with the Cardinals anyway, so I'm not saying they weren't good, but even I, I, I joke about it because my brother-in-law is a big uh, Kyler Murray fan, actually. I hope you're listening, Charles. Um, and I was giving him crap because it's the one thing I don't like about Kyler Murray is what you saw on yeah. display in that game. And it's not all on him. It's just when they struggle – he throws everything on his shoulders, whether he needs to or not, and he forces everything. And some of the, his awareness goes to shit, his uh, decision-making, his accuracy. Oh, and it's so frustrating because he is a very talented player, but to watch him just self-destruct in those games is – it's why you, I was uh, sold on Arizona. You think he'll be in an A's uniform next season? <laughs> That's what everyone's saying. I don't think I don't, I don't think it's time to move on from him yet. Um, well, it won't be their decision. It'll be him correct, correct. retiring and going to the A's. But yeah, um, I don't know. That would be crazy. I don't think he'll ever be able to play a full NFL season and stay healthy. So I think it'd probably make more sense for him to play baseball. And I think that's what everyone was saying when he, he showed. Sure likes wearing that hat a lot. I know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he got paid. <laughs> I think a million bucks to wear it, so I'd wear it too. But I don't know. I agree with you. I think he would be more successful, and he's very successful. I'm not taking yes, what he's yes, done. he is. I think but he I, could be an MVP candidate if he could stay healthy. But I don't, I don't see his game. They got to have a team 17. where he's not. If there, he's got to be on an offense where he's not it. Yeah, they got to be able to run. 
they got to be able to do everything. And don't get me wrong, Connor had a good season. I know he led in touchdowns for – he may have still ended with the most. Um, but that – no one went into – especially – no one played Arizona and was worried about all aspects of their team like, say, a Buffalo. Yeah. You could game plan against them very easily. Yeah. They had Hopkins, Connor, Murray, and then towards the end of the season they got Ertz too. But I think that was too little, too late. But I agree. No, I, I think that's interesting. I can't wait to, to break these games down, and, and obviously we'll do that on our next one. Uh, some good matchups here. Better idea of what happened in those games. Like you said, it, it seems like easy money based on those spreads, but it rarely is. So we'll, we'll see how we do. But uh, anything else you wanted to talk about before we cut her? Nope, I think that's all I got. All right. Well, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed. Get those questions, comments, feedback in, and, and we'd yeah, love, send to, them in. love to see some feedback from you guys. So take care and have a good evening.